Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast is about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. People, welcome back. I'm glad that you could join me for another episode of An Immigrant's Life. You know where to find me on Instagram, Facebook, at An Immigrant's Life. You can listen to the podcast through YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you to all subscribers. I really appreciate whenever you share the episodes to your family and friends. Please continue. And like what Tupac said to his mama, you're much appreciated. And also, I want to thank you to the people that has been leaving five stars on the Apple podcast and leaving reviews. I really appreciate that. However, someone left a four star review. So come on, man. Seriously, I'd appreciate if you come back and change it to five star. Keep that 5.0, you know what I mean? Anyways, thank you still for leaving review though. Anyways, business has been taken care of. Now, let's talk about this week's episode. We all have weaknesses, but what we do with it is what makes us fail or succeed. And this week's guest, despite personal issues and personal strategies, stays resilient and refuses to quit. Champs, I can guarantee you will love her after listening to her stories. So... Without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today we have a very special guest. She's a dog mom, a world traveler, and a lawyer. We're not blood related, but she's as close as family. Everyone, please welcome Sherry Alcantara. Hi, hello. How you doing, Che? I'm okay. It's Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. Let's do this. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, I, I don't really have much to add. I'm the, like Aaron said, I'm Sherry Alcantara over here in the U.S. People call me Sherry. Um, and I am in the Bay Area, California, which is San Francisco area. The beautiful part? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful over here. Um, I... My family is, is more in the North Bay. I'm in the South Bay, which is the San Jose area. If anybody's mm. uh, um, listening who's familiar with, with the Bay area, they'll Just know. Google. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because when I started the podcast, I was worried about references. Uh, <laughs> and I said, you yeah. know what? Screw it. They have Google. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And people, um, yeah, that it's easy to find things out, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. You said Bay area. I know San Francisco is, is it true that it's littered with homeless people? Uh, I mean, just generally everywhere in California, we have like a, a huge homelessness uh, housing uh, shortage hmm. uh, problem. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I, I lived in San Francisco when I was in law school. So I went to law school in San Francisco. So, you know, that was early 2010 so from 2011 to 2014 I was in law school and living in in the area and and even then it was already it was already um um starting to get bad and then I, I you know it's gotten worse uh it's it's a real issue 
um, unfortunately, over here. Mm. Yeah, yeah th- your weather doesn't help too. No, because it's uh, in the well. I mean, in the bay in San Francisco, it gets foggy. Mm. Um, so most of the year, it's it's foggy and cold, and then it gets a nice like couple months in September of a, or October of, of summer. So that's mm. the summer in San Francisco. Yeah, we still have that issue here too in Montreal. Homelessness. Which one? Homelessness. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's really um, it's really unfortunate because nobody really chooses to be homeless. Uh, it's it's uh, you know um, the system is um, the system is set up that forces people to to be in that unfortunate situation. And mm. I wish there were more. I mean. I thought Canada would be better with social services. So, no, it's okay. No, not really. I mean, Mont- I mean, we, I mean, we have free healthcare. Yeah, we don't. That's a good that, thing. So. <laughs> yeah, but, not here. Yeah, unfortunately, but homelessness is bad in Montreal. Oh, okay. It's bad. Yeah. But because it's a it's a beautiful city, mm-hmm. and we're fairly, you know. The people are nice to the homeless yeah. homeless people, right? So they, we have ha- we have um, soup kitchens and, and those yeah. things. They called mission um, mm-hmm. that you know help uh, homeless and unfortunately that you know invites them to come to Montreal and it's just it's too much, you know. Yeah. And but uh, anyways, let's move on from the homelessness. Let's move on to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, where are you from originally? I am where we're from the same town in the mm-hmm. uh, Tanay Rizal in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we I live like what, like a block? Not even. <laughs> no. Yeah, just few houses down. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to like um, how it would translate like in, in like American or Western system. I guess it is also like a block system. Yeah, it is uh, same neighborhood, I guess. Um, yeah, same neighborhood. Yeah. Your house is down. Um, so grew up there. Yeah. Like I said, we're not blood, but we're so close. <laughs> yeah, your your aunt and my mom, like besties. Yeah, and I literally grew up in your house. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. And we we my you know, we also went over to to you guys' place a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, did you like growing up in a small town? Uh, gosh. So, I think my uh, memory of it now is—I don't know if it's not faded, but it's definitely um, probably my. It's more a lot of nostalgia now when I, I think about it. Hmm. Um, I definitely. Like having, um, you know, because our neighbor is our, we live right next to our cousins and we have, you know, just as you know, like um, the way it's set up, your your neighbors are your family members or relatives. So you really live close by to your family. So I really, um, I think I really enjoyed that. Um, and at that time, you know, as, as Anybody who grew up around that time, you you didn't really have a lot of technology, so it was it was different. Um, 
uh, growing up where you are more outside, I mm. think. I mean, not saying kids are not, not going outside these days, but it's definitely a, a different type of environment to grow up with because we didn't have as much technology. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, yeah, it's definitely different. It, you just remember, um, you know, spending a lot of time with my cousin and my, you know, my sister. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are some of your fondest memories? Um, going to my grandma's house. Uh, I, uh, like a lot of, um, I don't know, I think it's pretty common with Filipinos to to grow up with their grandmas um, as, as you did too, I, if I remember <laughs> correctly. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in my grandma, you know, my grandma, because my, my, both my parents worked uh, you know, during the day. So we went to my grandma's house, which is your Zoom background that I didn't recognize right away. Because <laughs> uh, it changed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still remember when it was like um, more like a uh, Bahay Kubo look. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I grew up with, uh, went to my grandma's house. My aunt, or my, well, yeah, my aunt lived there uh, before she passed. And then my uncle. Uh, so we went there a lot. And um, uh, my my grandma, had a, I don't think they have it anymore. Last time I visited, it wasn't there. Um, she used to have a, a guava tree that um, I used to climb <laughs> a lot <laughs> and just uh, spent a lot of time there. Uh, um, so, yeah, just being at my gra- grandma's house, um, mm. spending time with, with them, and, um, you know, both my sister and I just mm-hmm. spent a lot of time over there. Um, and because we're really close to, um, my grandma's side of the family and um and like i said my my uh, both my parents worked so we during the day we we were around my grandma's and even on the weekends so even when my parents weren't working we were still going to my grandma's so we were there every day pretty much mm. and you said you live in california now yes in california um northern part of california mm. um and in my uh, family is, is Sonoma County, uh, which is people you know is the wine county. So it's it's uh, the other wine county in the area. Napa mm. is the the most popular one, uh, but we're in Sonoma County. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm currently in the South Bay and living in the South Bay. The Enrique and their dogs. <laughs> so yeah. who immigrated first? Uh, my my aunt, my aunt, my dad's older sister. And then she supported you guys, the whole family, one shot, or? Um. So it was my aunt, and then uh, my other aunt. Uh, again, this is all my dad's side, mm-hmm. um, and then my dad, and then brother and sister, and then my mom and I were last. Mm. How old yeah. were you when you moved? Twelve. I was about to turn thirteen. So you were in grade school, going to high school? No, I was in uh, middle school. I started mm. middle school, seventh grade, which is the worst time to start. Uh, I mean, just like generally, like going to middle school is already like awkward because it's like your teenager phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, add to that your <laughs> your uh, 
just coming from a, a totally different culture um, mm. and background um, in a predominantly uh, white population. Mm. So yeah, it was definitely um, a transition. How was our English back then? Oh, actually, um, because, you know, with, in the Philippines, they teach you English. Mm -hmm. um, and part of the curriculum over there. So um, I didn't really um, struggle. I was just more, I was just definitely more shy and quiet. Mm. Uh, and awkward. Uh, You've always been shy and awkward. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so um, I'm still that way. <laughs> um, I'm still like very introverted. But um, yeah, so the English wasn't um, um, as challenging, uh, but, you know, it was just more adapting to mm. the, um, you know, adapting to a new environment. Yeah. So I remember you guys, your family were doing well in the Philippines. So what was the reason? <laughs> yeah, compared to us. <laughs> what was the reason? <laughs> what was the motivation to migrate? Oh, um, I think a lot of it, you know, like you always, even now, even though we have a shitty past four years and it, um, America's um, status in the world is, you know, it's not the same as it was, or at least I don't think so because of what's transpired. But, um, you know, back then, and even though a, a little bit of it is still the same, but, you know, back then when you're a Filipino, you just think like America is like the greatest thing ever <laughs> or being in the, being in the U S is just such a, um, such, um, an exciting place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it was just one of those dreaming for a better life. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and there was that opportunity that you could, uh, that we could move. So, Maybe a combination of those. Um, mm. Yeah. So when you move, did you guys have our own place to live? Or did you guys like uh, all of no. us? We went to, we live with my uh, aunt, which is my dad's sister. Um, and again, in, in Northern California, in, in North Bay. Hmm. Um, and we live with my aunt. And, um, you know, it was... It was a three-bedroom, um, what do you call it? I, I think now it's called manufactured home, but back then it was like a, um, now it's, well, back then uh, it was referred to as like trailer home. So mm. it was a, yeah, so it's a three-bedroom uh, home. And so my, the our family of five, which is my parents, uh, my parents and, and my two siblings and myself were in, in one room. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> and actually at one at one time because it was like a, um what do you call it gosh i don't know what it's called like the double bed yeah the bunk beds bunk beds yes mm. so the bunk beds um uh, uh, you know in the beginning my my cousin who is my um so it was my aunt her husband my 
aunt's daughter, who is my cousin, first cousin, and her family, and then our family. So um, at one point in the beginning, uh, my cousin's son, which is, I guess, my second cousin, was actually um, also in the same room as we were. And it was just one of those, like, you know, like you you work with what you have. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was was definitely different from um, how it was when we were in the Philippines because we had our own place. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a little before we left, we, not me, but my, my mom actually paid to get the home in the Philippines renovated. So it's definitely mm-hmm. different than than when we first came here where we had to squeeze in, in one bedroom. So it was my parents. Yeah. And then we were my siblings and I were sleeping on the floor in like a little foam mattress. <laughs> yeah. So how did that make you feel coming from, you know, having your own place to yeah. that? I actually didn't even think about now I, I was like now that I'm thinking back, I don't think it really, like, yeah, I, I didn't think of it as a negative thing, I think, when I went back then. Uh, I think what helped was that I think it really helped that we were just all together. I think that's what made it easier. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't remember it being, like, uh, and I was also really young. So I yeah. was also 12. So um, maybe, yeah, maybe if it, I was older, when it happened, I would have a different feeling, but I don't mm. really remember feeling like that our situation was unfortunate or, or mm. anything like that. I, I don't remember feeling negative about it. Mm. Yeah. Did you did you feel homesick? Uh, I think in the beginning, yeah, because I wasn't making uh, any friends in middle school. It was already hard to be in middle school generally, and then uh, being um, new to the school and, and coming from a different country. So, yeah, I definitely felt homesick like miss my friends that I do remember uh, miss my family my mm. uh, um, mm. definitely felt homesick but again I think it, it helped that um, you know um, my brother and sister were were there so yeah and you had cousins too yeah my cousin well my my cousin um, who we live with are um, uh, my cousin's older mm. So, cause she, she, I mean, she has her own family now, but even then, um, she already ha- had her, her family oh, when we first okay. moved. Yeah. She already had, um, so my aunt's daughter, my cousin, she already had, um, two boys once we mm. moved in. Mm. So, so I remember you being one of those smart cookies from school. <laughs> so how was the experience going to a American yeah. school? Yeah, it was, um. Yeah, it, I I mean I I think that's always been like ingrained to us by my mom to do well in school. So I, that didn't really change when I moved when we moved. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, one of the things that just stayed consistent. Um, and then I remember one of um, it was like a math class, and um, my teacher had a they asked the question, and you know. Uh, in the Philippines, you would stand up if you like answer a question. Hmm. And he, here, I learned right away that you don't. So I remember it, um, it was like a math question and my teacher had a question and I like, I was called on to answer and I stood up. <laughs> 
And so my teacher was like, oh, you don't need to stand up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. So I, I always, um, you know, I've, even to this day, I like being a student. If, if I can be um, a long-term professional student, I would. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always, um, kind of as nerdy as it sounds, I can't always enjoy school. So mm-hmm. I think that's what helped me at least focus or mm-hmm. not feel too, um, um, I mean, I definitely, I, I felt homesick, but at least not feel too lonely. Mm, that's good. With so when you went to school, you mentioned that you were having issues making friends. Was that because of the cha- lang- not really language barrier, but what was it stopping you other yeah, than the personality? I, yeah, I was already, yeah, I was, you know, like, you said I was already a shy, and then um, it was, uh, I guess, um, it was hard to find somebody you could relate to. Mm. Um, I didn't really make friends until, and one of them I'm actually still friends with um, until eighth grade. So I, when I moved there, I started seventh grade. So I didn't really make real friends until eighth grade. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was. Um, you know, I, um, I, yeah, it was, I think it was a lot of the cultural differences still adapting, mm. um, because, you know, the, the language was not, um, at least personally for me, was not, uh, necessarily an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it was, you know, the cultural differences just, um, and personality wise, it's already for me, like not easy to make friends or to start mm. or initiate the conversation. So. So was that like a moment of culture shock that you experienced? Yeah, because um, it was like I said, predominantly um, white students. Um, I didn't know how to relate to them, um, and I was already super shy. Um, so all those factors um, made it a little bit harder to make friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did was there any one of them make you feel unwelcome as an immigrant? Uh, I remember, like you know, um, just a couple examples when I think I brought like lunch that had some Asian oh, no. snacks or Filipino <laughs> snacks. No, that's the food. no, I would. I don't think I would have brought like um, uh, Filipino food. That, that um, but I, I think I, I think I brought some snacks filipino snacks or Mm -hmm. asian snacks and they're like oh what is that and then um and then you know there were a couple times where um they would like ask me oh how do you say this and how do you say that so it wasn't necessarily like like unwelcoming it was Mm -hmm. just definitely you 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 definitely knew that you were different Um, how did that make you feel um i've i've always not enjoyed when people just look at me and ask, how do you say this in your language? How do you say that? Because I, I hated that too. Yeah, because they like they're asking me to perform. <laughs> yeah. Or like it, it's in their head, they probably genuinely want to know, right? Yeah. But, you know, as a as a immigrant or as a person who um, is not from this country, that definitely reminds you that you're not from this country. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or that you're 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 different, and that 
they see you as somebody who could like um, fulfill their interests or at, at least, um, you know, uh, like whatever curiosity they have, that that's mm -hmm. something you can help them win. So, Do you still feel that way as an adult? Oh, like when people ask me how to say things in, yeah, yeah. in Tagalog? Uh, no, not necessarily. I, I, I think it depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. if, it, if you're somebody I, I don't know when we're just meeting and I've never had any inter interaction with you before and that's the first thing, one of the first thing you ask me, then I may, I may uh, feel a little... Um, off by that but if if like we're friends and it's part of the conversation yeah. then it's different yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, going to that point me too i don't like that when some yeah. different person goes up to you and they start speaking like let's say a sentence or two yeah. that they learn from tagalog and i'm like i don't answer in tagalog i answer in english because yeah. i know in the end we're gonna speak english anyway yeah you know yeah. so let's get rid of this awkward point and let's move <laughs> on to the real thing yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, yes, I appreciate that you're showing me that you care about my culture, but let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and I don't necessarily, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't believe it's necessarily that, um, that I just the way I view it is different. Yeah, like you said, it's like I don't, I think it's more like they're curious and they want you to fulfill that curiosity curiosity mm. yeah, and they could yeah. be genuinely like trying to learn <laughs> oh for sure but for me no i'm not a teacher go find yeah. someone else <laughs> yeah yeah i don't have patience for that <laughs> so you mentioned that in your school you're surrounded by white people as you said yeah predominantly white students did you suffer through dual identity because of that being like oh i want to be white or i'm filipino you know what i mean uh, I think it, it was more in high school when I kind of pushed back from, uh, like, you know, the, uh, I definitely, like, assimilated more in high school. Mm. What did uh, you Yeah. Um, the interesting, I think, the interesting part, though, is I, there was the town that I, moved to is predominantly white but there's also um a significant um mexican or latino population mm. and i really gravitated towards um um uh the mexican or latino population so my best mm. friend she's still my best friend this day she's mexican <laughs> um enrique who i've been with for 15 years mm. 15 years <laughs> Almost 16. <laughs> um, is also Mexican. Um, and um, there's this thing of like how Mexican and Filipinos are so the same. We so are even, the same. They are cousins. Yeah. 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 That's what they say. Like Mexicans and Filipinos are cousins because of the colonizers that mm -hmm. are, is Spain. Um, so I, I definitely related more to um, because there was barely any Asian in my high school. Oh, I, yeah? Yeah, maybe I was one of five. No way. Not, How many yeah, students? Of like uh, my class. Oh, gosh. My class was 500, but I think the school itself, gosh, I'm bad at estimating. Maybe 
you know, if, if my class was around 500, then times four, then I would say 2000. There were barely any Asians. Wow. Really. It may be, it may have changed now, you know, so. Oh, I'm sure. That I, I went to high school 2001 to 2005. So, um, uh, it, so definitely when, when I was in high school, I, I, Try to assimilate into the American culture, um, uh, not. And part of it was not by choice because I didn't really have any, I didn't really know any other Asians or any other Filipinos in the area. So, um, I really was just influenced to assimilate partly to the American culture because mm-hmm. I didn't really know um, any other Filipinos my age or in my class. Um, so yeah, um, I would say my high school, that's when I really moved to like adapting and assimilating into the American culture. Mm, they helped your friends. What was that? They helped your friends to, for you to assimilate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, of course, because, you know, they, they're from, the U.S. So my my best friend who's Mexican, she she was born in the U.S. She was born in the area. Um, so uh, you know her heritage is Mexican, um, and she still has and follows a lot of the culture. But you know she's lived all her life in in the U.S. And then I also have um, um, friends in high mm-hmm. school who are white. So when um, I really didn't have any other option but to to see how it is to be an American teenager because that's what, that's who I was surrounded with. Mm. So after high school, you mentioned that you went to university. I did. I went to, uh, um, I went to UC Berkeley. No, excuse me, Miss Smarty Pants. It was my dream school. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my dream school. Um, so right after high school, I went to Berkeley. Um, I got my poli-sci, mm. I, I studied poli-sci, political science, major in pol- political science, minor in, uh, wait, what was it? Peace and conflict <laughs> studies. A minor in peace and conflict studies. Perfect for you. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> use that. Why poli-sci? I always knew, or at least I, I at that time, even back then, I, I was already thinking of being a lawyer. Mm. So that was, the traditional most common path is to take political science as a major, um, mm. which I don't think it really matters, to be honest, when you go to law school. Um, so that was why I took political science, but I didn't really have a traditional, um, or I didn't really have the typical college experience uh, because, you know, when you think of college, that's when you're like really party and and do like the um sorority or fraternities keg stands yeah yeah all that um and i i I didn't really have that experience because i was uh going home a lot on the weekends Mm. almost every weekend and then the second half my third and fourth year i was uh i lived i lived or moved back home um and Berkeley is only an hour away from uh, where we live, where my family mm. lives. So I was commuting the last two years. Okay. Um, I was able to 
fit my classes into two days, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. And so I would commute Tuesday and Thursday mm. uh, to school, which is um, a little over an hour with traffic. And so I didn't really get to experience uh, that, what you would think is a college um, experience. Okay. Yeah, so, it was definitely different. So you went to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Is it true that it's majority Asians there? Uh, there are a lot of Asians. I don't know if it's majority, but hmm. yeah, there are a lot of Asians. Uh, it is, a, or at least that time, it was pretty diverse um, hmm. student population. Um, um, I don't know if it was majority, but yeah, there, there are a lot of Asians. Hmm. Why do you think Asians are so driven to succeed? Um, why do I think... I, I don't know. I think that feeds into, I don't like feeding into the idea of like the model minority because I think that's a concept that um, um, the, yeah, I don't like feeding into that idea of, of model minority because I think that's a concept that, that tries to fit, to pit, not fit, pit mm-hmm. um minority groups against each other mm. right because um they would say well look at this group they're succeeding so you should be able to succeed so i think it's a concept that's uh, i think there's actually like a, a lot of articles or, or or studies uh but there's a yeah there's definitely a lot of readings about it as to why the model minority is is a concept that's been used against mm. other minorities to pit them against each other to to make it believe that um you know that I think it really just tries to create this narrative. Mm. That I, I, I don't know. I wish I had a, a, um, a link about it. Maybe I'll send we'll, it You'll to send you. it over when uh, we're done? Yeah, I can send it to you about what, why uh, the model minority is, is problematic. Yeah. yeah, it is problematic. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Because they... they you, like you said, they use it as to for us to go against other races. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, like a great example is Korean versus blacks. Yeah, yeah, I hated that because they say, "Oh, they hate each other." No, they don't. It's just no. most some Koreans in the East or whatever owns, or let's say Asian, they own. Uh, we call it here depaner. What do you call it? The what? Like depaner, uh, like Seven Elevens. Oh, okay. Um, like convenience stores. Yeah, convenience stores are owned by Asians, oh, and okay. those convenience stores usually are in the you know unfortunately in the rough neighborhoods yeah yeah and most of people that lives in rough neighborhoods are you know unfortunately black people mm-hmm. so there are there are for me there are there's uh, friction between them because of that but they don't really hate each other it's not true yeah i, I yeah i i trying to find if i can find a good article about the whole model minority. Oh, so you finished law school? I did. Mm. In 2014. And what kind of... Do you practice law? I do. I've been practicing. I got my license in 2015. So it's been... Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I have to take it twice, which is I don't mind sharing. I don't think that's... A the question is, did you pass? Yeah, no, that's true. Um, yeah, and I don't mind saying, I don't actually mind sharing that, uh, but I took it twice. Um, but yes, I've been practicing for over five years. 
How did it make you feel when the first time you failed? Well, I was really upset. I thought I was very close. Um, How close? One yeah. point? <laughs> um, almost. Like it was oh, really, really man. close. And I know, I know um, what happened. I think I freaked out in the first, the very first day, the very first essay on, on, um, and I missed like part of the question and I knew a lot of it were nerves. <laughs> Mm. Uh, because I knew when I when because you know they post the essay questions and the sample answers after, mm. and I like knew when I looked at it, I was like, I knew this. Wow, how could I have missed it? So it was a lot of. I think it was mostly nerves. Yeah. 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 Mm. Speaking of nerves, you mentioned that you suffer from anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Um. I was diagnosed. Officially diagnosed 2019, so almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. What made you go to the psychologist? Um, so I went to my primary doctor, and and she, and my doctor was the one who diagnosed me with anxiety. Um, but I've had symptoms even before that, and uh, you know, at, at that time, I just was not able to to manage it in a way without uh, medication. So. Mm. Um, I am taking medication for it now, so it actually uh, has helped me, and I could tell the difference. Mm. Um, yeah, I can tell the difference. You know how how um, I think there's still a stigma against like taking medication for mm. for yeah. um, mental health in general. But and I used to like I really fought it. I really waited to. Um, I, I didn't really want to take it. I didn't want to. I think that was part of the reason why it took me a while. Mm. To um, to uh, go to my primary doctor to get the official diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, but but it's something um, that really has helped me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still there; will never go away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. It but, makes you you. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. I still have anxiety, um, but it's it's compared to how how it was before the medication, I definitely could tell the difference. Yeah, what happens to you when you suffer through it? Oh, so um, my my heart starts beating really fast. Uh, my mind would just run. Like, even if I know it's unreasonable and irrational, it would just keep running. Uh, my hands get sweaty and, um, and I get headaches. Um, but it's really just, just this, you just feel like you're not in control of, of mm. your own self and your own mind. And, um, and then, you know, at that point, it's just not like you just think of like all the craziest things that could happen, might happen, and they may not seem reasonable. But once you're in that moment, everything, you just don't have a control over it. Uh, do you yeah. know now what triggers it? Um, what tr- <laughs> Uh, at least a lot of it are, um, at least in the past, a lot of it are work-related. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that's that's what triggers it mostly mm. is, is that, yeah. So having an immigrant mom, and you know immigrants in mental health, they don't kind yeah. of mix. How yeah, did... yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, I don't think 
<laughs> my mom doesn't know. Yeah, and she'll find out if she ever. I don't think she'll listen to your podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> so she doesn't know. But uh, so my my sister knows. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it's different. You know, like what with um, I think just generally. Um, I, I, you know, in our culture, Filipino culture, because they'll just tell you to like uh, toughen up, or or mm-hmm. or um, you know, it's not that serious, or or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, with uh, mental health um, or mental health diagnosis, a lot um, part of it is uh, hereditary. Mm. Right. So, um, so even if, um, so now I think about it, I feel like I did have family members in the past who maybe just didn't know that's what it was, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, living in the Philippines, you don't have the best access to, to healthcare. Mm-hmm. And especially like, it even has a, a bigger stigma against mental health. So I don't <laughs> think that was something, you know, in the past that they would have considered. But You're just now crazy. I think, of, yeah, but, but, now I think about it, I feel like I did have family members who suffered. I, I have that too. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely something that, you know, um, I remember, you know, thinking about my symptoms and um, thinking about my childhood. I was like, yeah, that was probably some kind of um, anxiety or with, with another mental health. Mm-hmm. Did, did you go to therapy for it? Uh, yes, as, um, I do go to therapy, not as frequent as I'd like to, but mm. yeah, that is something that I do as well. And do you think that helps or the medication helps more? Uh, I think it's a combination of both. Um, so it's like what, um, at least for me personally, it's, it's a combination of, of therapy, of medication, and also like, um, um meditation or, or breathing exercises or uh, i think my dogs are like uh what do you call it they're like uh, emotional support mm. <laughs> um so it's a combination of, of of a lot of things that have helped but do you suffer from depression no that's not something that i i been diagnosed of or mm-hmm. at least that I feel like I need to address yeah I don't think that's I know definitely anxiety I do have um uh I do know people who have been diagnosed with depression mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's a different um thing on its own yeah of course of course yeah so for people that's going through anxiety what kind of advice would you give them I mean I um I am a again because of uh, my experience with um, you know with how the medication has helped me manage it. I, I am a proponent of you know um, of uh, and again it's it's a combination of things. So it's not just one thing. But mm-hmm. I I I tell um, people about this you know friends or family or um, that. I wish I would have gone sooner to my doctor and gotten the uh, medication sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I was so against it. I was so, um, you know, even me who I can, I consider myself as pretty like, um, progressive and, and liberal. And, um, but even with my own self and health, I was like pushing away taking medication. Hmm. But just like, you know, if you have any physical, um, if you have any physical ailment or, or anything, um, physically going on with, with yourself, you take medication for it. And so I guess if anything else, um, I would encourage at least rethinking of um, considering really going that route. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's not just a, that one thing. It's, it's really for me a combination of, of, um, of different methods to cope with it. And I just have to accept that it's not something that will ever go away. <laughs> it's something that will just, I have something I have to deal with. For, it's just for there. Rest. You just yeah, face it just every there. day. Yeah, every day or every week. Yeah. Hopefully you win the battle. Yeah, yeah. And um, and at least personally, I'm grateful that mine is not as severe as others. Um, I know, you know, other people have more severe anxiety or more severe mental health. Hmm. Um, so, um, you know, I'm grateful at least that um, I have different tools to manage it. Mm -hmm. Talking about you not wanting to take the medication, do you think you were afraid that it was a sign of a weakness or something else? Why um, did I want to take it? Um, I, or because I, I have also been diagnosed with lupus, so mm. that's I've been diagnosed for a few years now, and so I don't want to have another medication. Um to add to to that um so i was like oh, i was really fighting it and yeah i think like personally too i just had a stigma against it too hmm. um which you know i relearned had to relearn and and um realize that it's okay to take hmm. uh it's a it's a, you just you know i i, I I feel like I really tried to manage it on my own and then it was not possible. Um, um, there were times that like, you know, I just couldn't focus or like I would really just like spiral by spiral. I mean, just like my head would spiral. Like I, I just couldn't control the thoughts coming yeah. in my head. How about Even physically? Was, what happened physically? Yeah, it's... But it's, like you just um, fall on the ground or... No, I would just like... It, sometimes it would like end into a migraine. Oh my God! Yeah, like I would. Uh, um, that's one of the worst things that I would experience. Is like it would turn into a migraine, where uh, full on migraine, and that I can't do anything. Um, so, um, you know, I and I really did try to manage it. You know, using uh, like breathing exercises or um, uh, doing meditation, uh, and and at times those help, but there were times where it it was my anxiety was just too big or mm. too much. It was um, only triggered by work or what when you were younger or in college, was it I don't think it yeah, I don't think it was no, it wasn't um you know, in college no, I don't think I, I really had any mm. symptoms in college. So it only started when we started working. No, not it. 
not when it's when I started working. I think it um um uh, it it got so we um lost our home when um in 2017 Enrique and I lived together in the house and we lost it because of the wildfire. Oh, um so I yeah. think that um that after that that and then in addition to the work it really um made it worse. Or it really that's where it, it took off. Yeah, sorry to hear about the house. I yeah. I don't know if I knew that. Uh I don't know. We had the um we it was um in October 2017, um, and so it's been three years, over three years, uh, we had to evacuate. Um, I woke up at like two in the morning because I was hearing like loud noises. Mm. Uh, and so we had to like quickly get out. Um, and then so we lost our home. Um, yeah, we found out the next day that uh yeah the home was taken by the fire wow yeah 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 i'll be suffering from depression and everything with that too if that happened happens yeah. to me yeah it was yeah it was a really scary scary moment did you guys have like, to drive over, like jump in the car and let's go pretty much yeah the lights the power was out mm. so i was using my phone and Enrique was using his phone to like grab a couple of things i really didn't grab much like we we lost everything i only grabbed mm. like a pair of pajamas my dogs <laughs> their food and then um my phone and my laptop and i actually just um had my wisdom teeth removed like a day before or something <laughs> So I had to grab those medication. So oh my, my cheeks God. were still like a little puffy. Um, oh. So we, um, yeah, we had to, um, we had to get out real quick because it was it was moving really fast. Yeah, it was windy, so the wind made it worse. Um, so it was like uh, they never thought it would happen because it's, it's a very um, uh, suburban neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Usually, when you think of wildfires, is on like people living on hills Mm -hmm. but the fire like jumped over the freeway i mean Uh, jump like they just decided to yeah because they were like um because it was so windy so there were flares that were you know it just flew over yeah and then once once it hits uh like a dry spot um and then the wind it's just like a bad combination Mm. yeah we had to evacuate So with all these trials on your life, what keeps you going? Um, I don't know. I think I've always been like, I've always been like um, resilient. Um, I always, I would always remember this like in high school, like my my senior year in high school, our, our AP class had this award like random awards just like make us feel good but i got like um <laughs> yeah but i got like a, um um the one they gave me was i forget the actual name it's based on the greek mythology i forget his name but he's the one who would keep pushing a stone up a hill oh. and then we'll come back down um, name? i can look it up real quick hold on uh sisyphus sisyphus yeah him. yeah yeah he's the one who um you would <laughs> push the <laughs> rock like, yeah it's like a 
it's not a very good like background story, but mm. the whole idea of the award was that I was like persistent and, and resilient. Mm. So I think it's always just been, um, I don't know. I think it's just a part of who I am. I don't mm. know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, I think we're there. Do you have any last remarks or maybe a topic that we haven't talked about? Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else um, to think of. Oh, how about lupus? Let's talk about that quickly. Oh, yeah. So lupus, I was diagnosed in 2014, 2015. I can't remember the exact date. Um, mm. So if if you're not familiar, um, it's... Um, Autoimmune disease. So it means that um, my immune system is very active. Mm -hmm. And um, so um, it's just when your own system attacks itself um, and then it can cause like inflammation. Mm. Um, I have a very mild case of it. I'm taking medication for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just, um, um, I, would get like um, my my joints would be um, with the symptoms I've gotten in the past. So like I've gotten rash um, or um, my my joints would hurt or it will be stiff where I can't uh, move my or I can't make a fist. Um, Whoa. Yeah. What else do I get? I get or I get super tired. Because pretty much your, your body is just, your system is just working over time because it can't realize or it can't distinguish you're doing like bad. Um, so yeah, it attacks healthy tissues. I'm looking it up. Mm. Um, so again, and it's one of those where it's a combination of like genetics and environment. They don't really know, you know, where it came from. Um, so yeah, I've been dealing with it. You doing okay with it? Yeah, I've been. It's been managed. Uh, my mom's like freaked out about it because I finally told her, uh, <laughs> and I kept telling her it's fine. I'm okay. And she'd be like, "Make sure you eat healthy." I'm like, "Okay, thanks." Did you um, eat your rice? <laughs> and I'm like, "Make sure you eat vegetables." I'm like, "Thanks." Or uh, <laughs> like, "Make sure you don't eat too much sweet." Take vitamins. Um, <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, she's uh, she's worried about it, but um, it's it's managed. Um, I have a, a check in with my doctor every six months, um, and and then I have medication for it. It's one mm. of those things again where I just have to deal with it for the rest of my life. So they monitor it to make sure because it for bad cases. Um, I don't know. If, you've heard about it, but like Selena Gomez says lupus said she mm. had to get her, I think it's her kidney, mm-hmm. kidney, but one of her organs, uh, she had to get a, um, her, her, one of her friends donated her, her organs because, um, one of, if you have one of the worst cases of lupus that it could really attack your tissues and organs. Mm. And it's exacerbated by anxiety or it's a vicious um, cycle. Uh, they don't really know. I've actually asked about this. They don't really know, but, um, I don't know if it's a correlation or uh, one thing caused another, but some people who have lupus also deal with anxiety. Mm. So I think, you know, some people with lupus 
uh, it just goes hand in hand with anxiety. Beautiful. Thanks, God. Thanks for the <laughs> gift. I mean, I can't be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't be smart and you know, pretty. You know, and everything, I gotta have so. something wrong. Exactly. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's just, and again, it's like, um, it could, it's part genetics, part environment. So I definitely started feeling or I started seeing symptoms or experiencing symptoms while I was in law school. So that was probably the environment part. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but it was, uh, and then another part of it is genetics. So somebody in my family. Mm. Good genes, eh? Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> That's funny. So any last remark again or party message? Uh, mm, I wish I had a, a, like an inspiring. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be inspiring. <laughs> I had an inspiring message. Uh no, not really. I, I, I feel like um, these, I still have a lot that I want to do or dreams. And so it's, this is a weird thing for me to do in a podcast. Mm. Thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I, 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 was, I, I really like your, your background. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> have a good day. Right. Bye. Again, Chet, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Doliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.